1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Hostage to Hero. I'm sorry, Delamont, your host. Um, Yeah. How's it going? Is it going good? You loving life? I hope so. Hope your answer to that is always yes. That doesn't mean life always has to be great, but you can always manage your mind. As you know, I keep ringing that bell, which is, by the way, what we're going to talk about. Before we talk about that, I'm going to remind you to please help me with my goal. I want 500 reviews on trial guides and I want 500 reviews on iTunes. So if you've not reviewed the uh, podcast, wherever you listen to it, but particularly on iTunes, because that's where I go and look at these things. But you don't even have to like write a review, although that'd be lovely. And um, I am going to start doing some listener call outs in fact i'm going to start today with a listener call out and if you actually go and write a review and this one is going out to lauren lauren said the good content just keeps coming sorry constantly surprises me with her ability to present fresh and valuable content every time a must on your subscription list thank you lauren and so if you want me to call out you on the podcast i won't use your last name um go ahead and give us a review there. So I am on a mission to get 500 reviews. So please give us a review. All right. Here's what we're talking about today is this concept that's been pretty damn popular around here lately. And I I'm just find myself using it a lot. And my clients are like, you got to do a podcast on this. This is just so great. This is great stuff. All right. So what, what we're talking about is how to ring the bell in opening. So what do I mean by ring the bell? Well, it's just kind of a phrase that I made up. Um, well, it's not a phrase I made up. Obviously, it's a phrase. But I, I've used it to name this technique, if it that could even be what this is called um, but I've been using it in so many opening statements I thought I would share it with all y'all. So here's what it, I mean it's repeating a statement over and over again in your opening and it becomes really really poignant to the jurors. Now along with this concept I'm also going to share a, another concept that I've been playing around with a lot with my clients who that they're also loving because it makes sense here and that's called managing your energy. A great presentation of any kind is a management of energy. So when we're talking about a podcast or a podcast, a presentation, if you're constantly here in this energy and you're talking about what doctors should and should not do and you do this kind of energy, which is very measured and lots of pausing and very deep, and serious for 40 minutes. Lord help the jurors. All right, that that's good stuff. When it makes sense, like when you ring the bell, which I'm going to show you how to do in just a minute, but throughout a 40 minute opening, or God help us a two hour opening. No, 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 you're gonna you're gonna absolutely overtire the jurors. Likewise, if you're constantly in this kind of energy and you're bringing the energy up and you're telling a story and your whole thing is like this for 40 minutes, then we don't want that either because that's going to totally like fry, fry everybody out. It's when you can manage your energy and bring it up when it needs to go up and bring it down when you need to sell a point. In in many ways, this is called nonverbal marking. When you change your voice, maybe the speed of your speaking or even walking, the, the, the length of your pause to mark a really important phrase, like the one we're gonna teach you about in ringing the bell, it really creates a nice impact when you're presenting. So what are we talking about in terms of content for ringing the bell? And then I'll talk about how to manage your energy with ringing the bell. So ringing the bell has to do with kind of, the main theme in your case. So I'm going to give you three examples in today's episode. Um, thinking back to Eric Penn's case, and I may have brought this up, but I didn't call it that or maybe I didn't go into it in depth. So Eric Penn out of Texas can work with me for a couple of um, days on his big Warner trucking case. Um, they were asking $340 million, They got 89 So, you know, he was super disappointed because like, who the hell wants an 89 $89 million verdict? Joking. Um, (laughs) I don't know. He might have been disappointed, but damn, that's a good verdict. And in that case, hard case, uh, we had a semi truck that uh, had two choices between traveling an icy road, which was actually longer to get to their destination, or going a non-icy road. And for some reason, they chose the icy road with a student driver, and they're trained to drive... um, below the speed limit like and slow down to 5 to 10 miles per hour and then come to a stop. And that's what we did in our teaching section. We talked about how all of the truck drivers at Warner are trained that in icy conditions, you slow down to 5 to 10 miles per hour and you eventually come to a stop. In this case, he continued to drive 65 miles per hour on icy conditions and he did not lose control. The passenger vehicle lost control and careened into the front of the semi-truck, and we had a death of a child, a quadriplegic child, uh, brain injuries. It just was a horrific crash. Now, hard case, obviously, because the truck driver did not um, cause the crash, but the speed of what he was driving is what caused the massive injuries. And the reason we know this is because exactly... Five, 10 minutes before the exact same thing happened, we had a semi-truck um, and who was traveling and a car lost control and icy conditions and careened into the path of the semi-truck. There was a crash and the woman walked away from that crash without any injuries. What was the difference? You guessed it. That truck had slowed down to five to 10 mi- miles per hour. So speed was what we were really nailing in that case. That was the thing that we were having to ring the bell. And so that's exactly what we did. So after Eric in the educate the jury section, which in my opening statements, I always include a section before we get to the story about what should have happened. So in that story, when you're telling the story in your opening statement, you're talking about what doctors should do to perform heart surgery Uh, correctly you're talking about what drivers should do to make sure that they don't um, run into other drivers you're talking about what truck drivers should do on icy conditions whatever your case is about your teaching section your educate the jury section is all about what should have happened and then you tell the story where you talk about what did happen and so eric really did a nice job setting up the teaching section where he talked about the training that all of the uh, drivers receive and why that's important and why they teach that. And it's because we know that passenger vehicles can easily lose control, as can semi-trucks. And, um, and that reducing your speed greatly reduces the chance of a fatality or, or a major injury in an accident or I should say in a crash. And so when he got to the story, he started to tell the story now. And so we kind of set up the story being in the training room and then they get on the road and he hits the icy conditions and here's where we ring the bell. And so he said he's traveling 65 miles per hour, although now we are on ice. And then he looks at the jury, and he drops the voice, drops the energy down, and he says, and yet he continues to drive 65 miles per hour. So as he continues down the, the highway, he sees a couple cars off to the side of the road, and they've, they've lost control, and they're off to the side of the road calling for help. And yet he continues to drive 65 miles per hour now it's about two hours into the trip and they're getting close now see what I'm doing with my energy and ringing the bell so every time I ring the bell I bring the voice down I have a pause before and I have a pause after really non-verbally marking this is what this case is about but then I bring the energy back up now we're back on the road and this is what he sees he sees over here and he sees over there and yet he continues to drive 65 miles per hour we had a case of an unsafe driver that a company left on the road and it was a very similar thing. The big thing was not against the driver but against the company who knew all of these things that this driver had done and yet continued to keep him on the road. And so we decided to make that the bell that we would ring in the story. So after doing the education story about what you know companies should do and how should they should handle unsafe drivers, we started to tell the story and we talked about how he got in a crash and how the company knew about it. And then we said... And yet, they kept him on the road. So it's three months later, and he's traveling, and he um, the dash cam g- captures him uh, running over a median. We look over at the jury. And yet, the company chooses to keep him on the road. It's about six months later, we continue with our story. So notice how the ringing of the bell in that case was a company chose to keep him on the road. And so we punctuated the story with that. Other stories where where there's medical intervention that should have been happening during an emergency situation, we can say, and so they're pumping and they're pumping and they're pumping and yet no one checks his airway. It's now five minutes, five minutes they've been doing CPR and yet no one checks his airway. We're now going into eight minutes and they're calling for more blood. We need more blood. Bring it over. Bring it over. And yet no one checks the airway. When I do this or see or train my clients to do this and watch them do it in front of juries, it's amazing because every time that bell gets rung and they just keep seeing the danger happening. It's kind of like that thing where it's like, you know what's going to happen, but you're hoping it doesn't. And every time we ring the bell... The jury gets more and more pissed that you'll see them shaking their heads up like Ugh. you'll make noises like Ugh. unbelievable. That kind of thing because we're really taking our time to bring the theory or the theme in our case down to this one sentence. Um, I said I had three. Oh, no, that was three. Okay, great. I was like, I make sure that I give you all the examples. I mean, there are way more examples. I, any case, you can do this. And again, don't take this as a technique that you're going to use in every single case. I mean, make sure that it works for your case. But here's how you can use the ring the bell, whatever. It's not a technique. It's just something I'm using in my office that's working really well in cases. In fact, it's, you know, got, it, it's worked so far in winning verdicts, but it's not, you know, there's no golden ticket. But Here's how you can use it in your case. Figure out the one thing that they didn't do, but they should have done. I mean, the really the main thing. And that's what you want to frame. And if you can make it a choice, and yet he continues to drive 65 miles. And yet they they choose to keep him on the road. And yet no one checks the airway, right? Whatever the main issue in your case is, you can ring that bell through the story section of your opening. And not only that, you can bring it back. So when you get to the why we're here part or who we're suing and why or whatever you want to call that part of your opening, you can say we're here because such and such company chose to keep this driver on the road, even knowing that he was unsafe. Or we're here because even though the hospital administered CPR They did not do the one thing that would have prevented this, which is check his airway. Whatever it may be, you can bring that ringing of the bell all the way through closing. You can do it on cross-exam. So isn't it true that you chose to keep this driver on the road? Isn't it true that you chose to keep driving 65 miles per hour? Isn't it true that no one um, uh, searched his airway? Checked his airway. It's a theme that you can pull all the way through. It's kind of like David Ball's thing, where he says, you know, it, would you say it's more likely than not? I mean, you start with more likely than not in Wadiir. You use more likely than not, and you're talking about it in closing. It's kind of the same thing. You're trying to keep this theme alive, but you really get it going in opening, and you can build it all the way through. In fact, you can start in Wadiir with ringing the bell, right? So what should companies do when they find out one of their drivers is driving unsafely? Well, they should remove him from the road. They should just take him off. The road. So they should take him off the road. Yeah. Why is that important? What's important about that? And you just get the juries talking about it. And so the jurors really make up the rules and voir dire. they're saying, take them off the road. That's the only thing that you got to do. And, 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 in this case, you know, he had tons and tons and tons of, of mishaps and accidents and different things. And we asked the jury in the voir dire, we said, what's an acceptable amount of unsafe driving? And they said, there's no acceptable amount. Or some jurors said, I don't know, one, two times. So we, we primed everything that we were doing before we actually went and did it. So that also helped. You can start your theme of ringing the bell because then it becomes when you say it, and yet he chose to do this, the jurors have already said that's not okay. So now the person in the story is violating the juror's rule, not yours. They just said, take the guy off the road. They just said that you you know truck drivers should slow down. I mean, we could ask that. I think we did in Eric's case. What should truck drivers do when they a- experience... I see conditions, they should slow down. You don't need a fucking manual to tell you that. It's fucking common sense. I mean, we're going off on another tangent here about how Wadir fixes all your problems because Wadir fixes all your problems, my, my people. But if you get the juror to ring the bell first, then all you got to do is just pull that through, pull that baby through, and it makes your job so much easier. Go out there and ring the bell. I think you'll love this idea. Find the theme in your case Bring your voice down, have lots of pauses, look at the jury, and yet they chose. You can even look at the defendant, and yet they chose. I mean, you don't want to overdo it. That's the thing. Read this carefully to keep them on the road. And then bring the energy back up. Now, it's now two months later. Or it's now two hours later. Or whatever your story is. And just keep moving the story along with a little bit of higher energy. And then boom, bring it back down. See, the ringing of the bell doesn't work if you don't bring the energy back up during the other parts, right? Because it's, you're not non-verbally marking it. It has to be different. And if you're like, sorry, I could never do this. Bullshit. You can do this. You can. You just haven't tried. Try it in your office with the door closed. Just play with around with it. This is what wins cases, my friends. You got to bring things alive. Play with your voice tone and your pausing. Ring that bell. Get out there and do it. I'll tell you right now, you're going to have way more fun delivering your opening statement with some cool little things like this in there than doing some back-ass word, no, ass backward, <laughs> opening statement from a podium while you read it. Oh, hell no. Somebody said... That someone very famous is requiring that you uh, read your opening statement word for word. Oh my God, just kill me now and kill you now. I mean, uh, dear Lord, that is just not fun for you or the jurors. No, 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 no. And research just up the yin yang will say that the way you deliver a message is so much more powerful than the content of the words. Anyways, that's my rant about that. The end. All right, love you all want the best for you. I'm here to provoke transformation. And that's why I'm getting in your face. So go out there, do it. You know, I support you 100%. Review the podcast. Join our Facebook group from Hostage to Hero. That's where you can ask me questions. You can post in there and go, sorry, here's my case. What do you think the ring the bell is in this case? I'm apt. I'm there. I'm, I'm there to help. Do it. Live it. Get in there from Hostage to Hero uh, on Facebook. That's where we're discussing all these podcast ideas and things that we're playing with. Join us in there. It's a party. All right, my friends. Talk soon. Bye.
0: That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero. But head to our website, sorrydlm.com for other must-have resources from Sari Delamont. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sari's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today. And until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.